You've tuned into the Are You Screening podcast, originally live and an effort to bring you instant reactions to films. We try to stick to that theory and bring you unedited, unfiltered, and largely off-the-cuff opinions of movies, along with interviews, industry news, and hopefully a lot more. Thanks for listening, and let's get right to this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Are You Screening podcast. I'm your host, AreYouScreening.com's own Mark Eastman, and with me as always is technical malfunction shane leonard hello all right uh and uh this week it's uh dark phoenix yeah so everyone's excited about that because <laughs> that was that's an interesting build-up for one of those films that i didn't see anybody talking about it or railing about it or no know, and uh for the longest of time you know it it didn't do that bad in the box office yeah. uh, ultimately but only because it didn't have a lot of competition, I right. guess. It was a weird movie that was almost, uh, we see this every year with, there are bound to be like three or four movies every year that we see where all of a sudden it feels like they just abandoned it. Yeah. You, you know, there's no yeah. marketing push for it anymore. Yep. A few months ago, you see people talking about it. And then I guess, I don't know, they do the polls and then they go, it's not going to matter Is if it? we tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> We could keep pushing it. <laughs> yeah. The same number of people are going to show up. So we're just throwing that money away. Right. So then they don't market it anymore, which is especially weird because, you know, it's not that long after Game of Thrones. Right. And you've got Game of Thrones person in it. Right. You would think that yeah. we would try to, I mean, and she's the Dark Phoenix. Right. It's not like she just happens to also, you know, she's <laughs> right. not like oh, the maid the or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And they don't even uh, push that. You'd think that there would be more just, you know, stick her face right in front, yeah. whatever. And But no, not so much. No. And uh, even still uh, all all sorts of big names from the franchise. Yeah. I mean, no Wolverine, right? right. But right. other than that, it's not like uh, it's not like we're kind of reboot sequel where all of a sudden everyone's played by different actors and yeah, we're going right. straight to DVD or, yeah. you know, whatever. It's so weird that they just say, eh, I guess not so much. But that's yeah, weird. The whole X-Men franchise has been really weird. And like I was telling you when we walked out of this one, uh, I feel like I need to go back to like some cliff notes of all the other movies to figure out what I'm supposed to be thinking about right, this one and right. what happened. And Which timeline, who really did who's this? Who's where. Yeah. This, and, and not only that, but it also feels like uh, this one is weirdly like, a, you know, new season of a series where, <laughs> where yeah. nothing really matters. It's, it, the main plot of this is not, connected to anything else it's just that they go out in space to save people on the space shuttle and uh you know could have happened at any time (laughs) doesn't matter for what's going on in in their whole world so uh, i don't know it's a strange one um before we jump into this one though because obviously we have a lot of talking to do about this um (laughs) I was going to run through some of the stuff that's coming up so people know what to see in theaters. Yeah. And uh, the next few months are really weird in uh, movie land. So I also figure why not run through it just for that, right? Yeah. Um, in the next couple weeks, so the next thing's coming out, Men in Black, which 
It's today, right? <coughs> is it today? Is that weird? It's, or is it, it's basically it's this today. weekend, right? Yeah. yeah. God, that's so weird. Um, <coughs> the Men in Black is really weird. If you look to the internet to try <laughs> to figure out yeah. uh, who's going to go see this movie and how much money it's going to make, right? Oh, because yeah. if you if you take out all the other movies opening, like uh, the competition doesn't matter, and just try to get a feel for people talking about it, yeah. Uh, I I haven't seen anyone who like on Twitter, Facebook, Anywhere. Instagram, and yeah. stuff. I haven't seen anyone who wants to go see this movie. Right. I haven't seen anyone go, "Yay, Men in Black." Seen people who go, "Wow, this looks stupid." Seen people who said, "This looks so stupid that I want to go see it." Mm-hmm. Like people will show right. up because they go, "Man, this is awful," and I want to. You know, it's like. Uh, the Kardashians or the Real Housewives or something, you yeah. know, like there are people yeah. who want to go hate watch it bad, right? But but it's weird. Um, not that I'm super looking forward to it, or it looks like it's it's got a lot of weird trailers too that don't want to tell you anything, right? That's about the thing anything. Telling, that's the thing that's bugging me. About so it. that is especially weird. They want to show you the guns and the car, and right. here Everything. here are a couple glimpses of aliens. Um, you know the. Uh, are it, it's the story of the girl who finds her way in or whatever, mm-hmm. and that's how she becomes an agent. <clears throat> but other than that, you know, it could just be random. This is just like uh, throw a dart at all the episodes of Scooby Doo. This is the one we happen to land on. That's what the story is. It doesn't tell you anything about saw, what's going to go on in it. I saw the spot last night for it, and it was exactly that. It showed the glasses, the suit, the car, the memory thing, and I'm like. As a series to not focus on any idea of what the story is supposed to be, imagine if like the next James Bond trailer was just like there's the Aston Martin, right. there's the watch that's gonna blow something up. Not gonna tell you there's anything the, about you know, what's gonna happen. Yeah, there's yeah. the Walther PPK. Like I'm just like imagine that as a trailer method, and I'm like as an idea for showing me your movie. That's the worst. Yeah, like, if, you're, you're lost if they your job did that, that, if they did that for the next Bond film, you would be really scared. Right. You'd be, yeah, I, that I would be afraid. The story is going to be reshooting completely everything. stupid. Yeah. Right. That it's so I just thought of that. I was like. That's weird. They're only showing like what would be in essence the icon pack if you downloaded Men in Black for your computer. <laughs> right. Give me the car. Give me the flashy thing. So they. Uh, so also uh, opening this week, The Dead Don't Die, mm-hmm. which looks pretty cool. It does look cool. I I suspect it's going to be totally crap. Uh, well, I just don't, I don't think know. it can. Uh, I think it. I, I'm uh, hoping totally that it's. Crap. I'm hoping that it's turns into one of those that is going to stick with not taking itself seriously and just be fun. It reminds me of, um, God, now I'm blanking on the name of the movie, but that one where the whole movie just takes place in the, like, arms deal gone wrong in, like... In the factory in the yeah, yeah right. and like no um, one ever leaves it's like seven alive or seven so yeah right uh, yeah i don't know that. it's like three something or whatever yeah. i know what you mean uh which was a good and movie. that didn't double but it's only just on it's just like goofy fun yeah. and, and we're going here look for, here's our crazy shtick right. here and we we're are gonna do this hang yeah. on yeah that would be cool so that one uh actually looks pretty good you've also got late night which i think a lot of people are gonna go see so that's gonna be trouble for men yeah. in black yeah um and that actually looks really good too. And, I haven't seen anything. Uh, and for it. I haven't, uh, I haven't had much problem with anything that Mindy Kaling's done. Right. So now she's behind that. And then we've also got Shaft, which is 
I don't know, just weird. Shaft is in the same place. <laughs> I I was surprised when it I found out it was coming out already. Yeah. I thought we were still a few weeks away from yeah, that me too. because that one's been abandoned. Um, and then we're going through a few weeks, I mean, including this week, where there's some cool, interesting stuff coming out yeah. until we just abandon movies altogether, <laughs> like really yeah. quickly. So, like, next week is Toy Story 4. Obviously, uh, that's going to be the biggest thing ever. Yep. Child's Play. And then you've also got that Anna movie, yeah. which is confusing <laughs> in its own way. But it is, you know, looks like some kind of John Wick ask, <laughs> you know, whatever. I wonder um, how many people. But it looks interesting. I wonder how many actually. people at the theater are going to ask for Annabelle Comes Home. Yeah. And get Anna, or vice versa. Like, I just saw them back-to-back while I'm flipping through things. Yeah. Sorry if I jumped the gun there, but... Uh, So that's going to be a huge week. Yeah. Uh, The week after that is yesterday, the Danny Boyle movie, which is getting a huge marketing It's going to be fun. I can't stop seeing stuff about that movie. And that does look fun and crazy, and it's at least a kooky premise that you don't see all the time. Right. Right. so and then the week after that is Spider Man, which I don't know that I'm exactly looking forward to, Not but at least it's kind of a big movie. It's a big film, right? It's it's an actual thing. Yeah, and that is uh, going that is into that's going into July Fourth, right? Yeah, and after that, <laughs> it's um, there's interesting stuff, but there are wow. kind of huge breaks, right? Um, there's <laughs> on the twelfth the Really, the biggest thing is the art of self-defense with Jesse Eisenberg, which yeah looks a little crazy fun, but also looks like it really could have been uh, like a Netflix movie or right, uh, you know, whatever. Not that there's anything wrong with Netflix movies, no. No, <laughs> but they're fun. Uh, but it it looks weirdly indie, yeah, for being Jesse Eisenberg and getting a fairly decent release and and push, yeah. Um, and then after that is the Lion King, which I could not be looking forward to less, yeah. but will uh, make tons of money, I'm sure. Yeah. And then uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is uh, you know you- Tarantino one that is obviously going to be huge, both for Tarantino fans. Tarantino has this magical thing where people who hate him go see his movies as much as people who love him. Right. I mean, they still go see yeah. him. Right. So he still makes money. Um but that one actually looks kind of cool. It's yeah. a weird it's a weird spin on like himself, right? Yeah. Because all his movies are uh weird homages to something, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and uh whether they're good or bad and some of them are really good and I don't love all his stuff like uh, a lot of Tarantino fans think everything he does is great. Right. But I I like a lot of his good stuff. Yeah. Um but I have a few that I'm like meh you know, um, but this one, instead of being, you know, its own tribute to some particular kind of movie, right. it's just a tribute to movies, movies. and yeah. especially uh, the the really late 60s going into right. the 70s when everything kind of went bonkers Wacky, and right. changed. And and the whole premise is that there's a guy who is a huge TV star 
who is trying to, you know, then make the crossover to movies at exactly the wrong time because <laughs> yeah. he doesn't because he suddenly is lost in the crazy world of right. Uh, you get like this span of time where the people in charge don't know what's going on anymore, so no one else can, right. and it's just madness at the kind of the end of like the golden age, sort of. Um, but it looks really interesting. It does look and interesting. I'm not a huge DiCaprio fan. Um, and I'm, I guess I'm in a way, I'm not a huge Brad Pitt fan either, except that I do like a lot of the stuff that he does. Yeah. I'm not necessarily a huge fan of him personally. Right. Um, but in what I've seen of this movie, they look good together. Yeah. They, they, that's good. They work well together. And, uh, I don't know. It looks really interesting. I think it looks so fun. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a weird, like, downward spiral kind of looking film. Yeah. So I don't know. That one looks good. And uh, and then by the time we get to August, uh, the biggest thing happening is the kitchen for a while. <laughs> You've got, like, uh, August 9th. Yeah. Which is Elizabeth Moss, uh, Melissa McCarthy, Tiffany Haddish. And it is it's the wives who take over running the criminal business when their husbands go to jail. Right. And I'm just like, how many times do I have to see this movie now? All of a sudden this is like its own genre (laughs) and we're going to have like two or three of these a year. It's like, I guess, uh, it's, it's very weird. And it's, um, I don't, I don't know that I guess theoretically, right. There is some sort of, whatever based on a true story thing going on here where there's some kind of relevance to reality. Yeah. Right. And, and I don't even know how close we're, we're supposed to be to yeah. something that really happened, I guess. Right. I, I don't know. But, and I also don't know with Elizabeth Moss and Melissa McCarthy, like which Melissa McCarthy is this, right. is this supposed to be funny? Cause it doesn't look funny. None of it. <laughs> I was just going to say, none I don't of it think looks funny it. at yeah, all. No, I don't know. This that one looks weird. Yeah. But so there are these big uh Lion King once upon a time in Hollywood stuff, but if you go from like Spider-Man uh all the way to like the end of August, right. <clears throat> those are like the only big yeah. interesting things coming uh is you know your your big money draws are the Lion King and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and to go from like the beginning of July to the end of August and and that's your choices. Right. Most of the choices that look kind of interesting are really small things, actually, or yeah, or uh, things that are coming to something like Amazon or Netflix right. or something like that, or or just tiny indie things. That is weird. That is the opposite of summer. You and I have both <laughs> there said should it. Be, yeah, there should be two or three things each week. Absolutely, fighting for something always, and there should be something every week that says, "No, this is mine." Right. Don't even come near me. You should take two weeks off. You and I have said it both for years now. Like, so we get summer in February. There's just no summer anymore. You know, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, whatever starts in March or April kicks off summer. And by the time July 4th comes around, nothing. Right, right. Indie films. And I'm like, and then, wait a minute. And the closer you get to September, yeah. uh, it seems like basically we've all just decided that we're going <laughs> to let TV have their That's moment it. right. because it's going to be all the new fall series. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's weird. This whole year, this is this this whole year is strange. <laughs> it's weird too because I feel it more this year, even though we've said it for several years and we've been doing the podcast yeah. for many years. This year, it felt harder. Yeah, 
like really absolutely distinct in a way where I was looking at the calendar and I'm like, man, what what is going on? There is some whole thing at this point where you know somebody has decided that in the summer people are using their money for vacation mm-hmm. and not going to movies now, and so we have to get them in February. No one's going on vacation in February right. or. Whenever, some, the, whenever it is, yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Some but. slick executive is going to come in and just say, look, I got a revolutionary idea. Take this blockbuster superhero action film that you want to release in January. And release and it drop it on July 4th. And people I go, guarantee what? you'll make money. And they'll be like, get out of here, kid. And they're going to do it. And he's going to be running the studio. <laughs> right. You know, it's just like this thing. I think they forgot. Like, it's so weird. I don't know. It It is very weird, but apparently summer's just not the thing anymore. I guess. But I want uh, more movies to be looking forward to than I'm uh, looking at this list, and I, this I keep seeing mess. things that jump out, even yeah. even as I grow really into the fall, too, where October is there. And I'm just like, nope, nope. <laughs> Boy, that's going to be a rough podcast. That's going to suck. <laughs> and then I see, like, a glimmer of something, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that'll be good. Nope. No. Nope. All right, so uh, mark your calendars for uh, <laughs> not not much coming your way, no, except I, obviously I, Lion King. I do this. I mean, us. it doesn't matter. We're adults. We can see them both. But I do this every once in a while to you. If you had to see only one film this weekend with Men in Black or The Dead Don't Die, you'd probably go Dead Don't Die, right? Like for uh, your I interest? Would. I, I would, yeah. yeah. I, I'm actually pretty interested to see Late Night, too. But I, w- I would right, definitely, yeah. between those two, yeah, for sure, I would definitely pick The Dead Don't Die. Right. and. I think it would actually be a very interesting, very cool, uh, I, I guess, moment in putting movies out if it won. You know, I, right. I don't think, it, yeah, I don't think it's going to because I think Men in Black just has enough people I do too. who are maybe slightly interested in the franchise, plus like a, you know, people who want to hate watch it. Well, <laughs> you can do you do that, and it's <laughs> that also designed. It it's also inherently designed to bring your kids to the mall and drop them off, or bring yeah, six yeah. of your, you know, you, the wife, the three kids, and some friend. Right. Versus, you're not taking the same crew. The, the dead <laughs> right. don't die. It's going to be you and your buddy, or you and your wife, or yeah. whatever. So. Yeah, I mean, I get it. It's it's a bit cribbed, but it look it looks a lot more interesting though. Oh, okay, yeah. all right, uh, Dark Phoenix. Okay, let me write this. Down. So uh, the X. I'm not even going to try to explain the X Men at this point, right? Uh, <laughs> you think everybody knows because some yeah, of you it. have to know all the twelve all the movies, movies, twenty years that came, TV <laughs> that shows. came before. You got it. But uh, the the semi interesting thing is, uh, you kind of have to have a handle on what all the crap happened with you know time travel alternate universes right uh, all this stuff that's going on because otherwise uh you could easily get lost in like uh charles and you know magneto in this movie and go but wait a minute i saw this one where he's this really old guy <laughs> right. and like he's a bastard and remember that one and where then, they were both old and young i saw right. that right that wasn't just me right yeah uh you know, just as it leads into, um, you know, after a while, Magneto shows up in this. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, well, wait, what now? Because why is he here? What's happening? I don't know. It's yeah. uh, You want to have at least a semi-fresh take on yeah. what's going on in the series. Uh, not that the movie pays off for that or anything, but... Um, 
But the general idea is space shuttle launches. It's like the late 80s or whatever, and uh, it runs into trouble, and there's a solar flare event and whatever. Right. I love how everything is. uh, I'm surprised they didn't just say, like, climate change. Climate change is attacking them in space right now. Like, every time something happens, it's a solar flare or whatever. I don't know. Those are potent. Uh, And uh, so, anyway, the X-Men have to fly into space in their plane (laughs) Yeah. Because X-Men. Why not? They're X-Men. And try to save the day, and they do, but this horrible something happens to uh, Jean Grey, (coughs) and she becomes super powerful and crazy and uh, weird aliens who will not be explained in any way uh, whatsoever are now kind of after her. But not exactly. Right. And uh, then hilarity ensues. Yeah. And the whole movie is really. Um, <laughs> that wasn't bad, actually. You know, she's the bad guy, right. basically. Like, she's the thing happening right. that uh, we have to deal with. And there's some sort of power in her that she can't really control, but also doesn't really want to control right. <laughs> all the time. And she finds out you know, all the secrets of her childhood and everything yeah. and that pisses her off and whatever. <laughs> uh, basically like everything pisses her off. Right. <laughs> At some point people right. are walking around like, you know, with eggs yeah. going, uh, yeah, like. right. anyway. Um, so that's the, the basic idea of it. I struggled really hard to give this one four, hmm. and, uh, and then couldn't quite do it. I, I say, really wanted to give it four, it. right? Um, but at the end of the day, there was part of me that I was like, ah, this feels like four. You know how we talk about like seven movies yeah, you where know. you walk out and you go, I don't know, seven. That, right. <laughs> that yeah, feels right. like That's seven. Um, <coughs> I wanted this one to be four. And the main reason that I really wanted to give this one a four is there were a lot of like the fringe parts that I kind of was okay with. Right. Yeah. And I liked some of the, I liked the theory in a way of, uh, trying to do something with the characters, but it just failed at it mm-hmm. ultimately. Um, and, uh, you know, Nightcrawler <laughs> was in it. Right. You lo- I know. <laughs> Yeah. And you love Nightcrawler. Um, yeah. But really, all I could give this was three at the yeah. end of the day. So um, I ended up giving it three, but I feel like there's somehow it's not that far from four, hmm. <laughs> even though I mean three and four are not that far apart. No, I know. But 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 ultimately, there was so much of the movie that was just boring. It was yeah. so weird. And there's so much time that I'm watching the movie thinking to myself, how am I bored? And right. I, like I'm watching an X Men movie. I really like the X Men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and I'm bored. And everything they did, yeah. it almost felt like was uh, every decision was designed to be boring. Like if there there's a there was a guy on set going, "What's the boring decision? Right? What's <laughs> and, safe? And you're like, yeah, give me, yeah. Give me the safe call. And even when there's kind of action parts, there's plenty of stuff that happens that's. Uh, you know, action e, mm-hmm. but it's not really action right. exactly. It's just that uh, you know they're on a train, so right. now it's this action, is, and, and <laughs> the train is always moving. So we're right. believing that there's stuff in motion. Nothing's really happening, right? And it's horrible. Is yeah. it's weird, especially that train part. But they do it in other things. Right. 
But that whole thing with the train, first of all, is just nonsensical anyway. Right. What the hell would they be on a train for? Like, what year know. are we in? I don't know. It's <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, Super train. But there's no reason for it to be a train except somebody went, people like action on trains. Right. And when there's people like climbing across the from one car to the other, yep. that's like big time stuff. That's it. You right. want me to show you a bunch of movies where people <laughs> like that happening? Sure. I mean, it's just, it's so goofy and it's... You know, it's it's like if we can show kind of a fight happening, right? But we've blown open the wall so that you can see stuff right. going by and right. we're on a train. Then whoa, that's ho, exciting. Then now then you know you're the in. whole thing could have just happened in a room, right? <laughs> Except right. now it wouldn't be actually right, yeah. and and the room probably wouldn't be made of metal, so right. <laughs> so we wouldn't have as much for Magneto <laughs> to do, right? But it's just everything about it was boring, and then. I don't even know who that hair guy is, but the that is guy. a weird decision in itself. Who's the hair guy? You know, the guy Wait. who's like fights with his hair. I don't oh, know. Oh, that guy. I, I don't know that who guy. that is. Right. I'm like, you got the whole X-Men universe to pick people from and have, you know, well, Bob, that, the bad guy they, who was only in one, right. you know, one issue of the mm-hmm. X-Men or something. Somebody was more interesting than hair guy. In in some way, that guy is almost indicative of every single problem that the film has. <laughs> even even all the way back to the first film, when I remember them, you know, they were talking about okay, so Sabretooth is going to be in it, the Brotherhood, Toad, and I went, wait a minute, Toad, yeah. <laughs> and if you can't remember or you're too young to have seen it, which makes me want to punch you, uh, you know, he's got a super crazy strong tongue and it right. flies out hundreds of feet if he wants and whips you around and licks you and tosses right. you, and I'm like. That's a mistake. There were other mutants, and you could make one up better than right. that. But now you got hair guy with the prehensile Medusa like Rastafarian tentacle hair, knots, right? And that he whips at you, and, and I'm sorry, like, he's I, like kicking Storm's ass if, with his hair right, and stuff. If you can defeat somebody with humidity <laughs> or a pair of scissors, you know, like that, then that's not that big of a superpower. But yeah, anyway, yeah, I don't know. The whole thing is uh, is really weird, but he's really weird, and uh, he is really weird. It, the thing about um, it's it would have been really interesting. Like I, you know, like I said, I really like the X Men, mm-hmm. but I like the X Men largely because when I was into the X Men, right, right, they are the exact thing. Where... They're the exact thing that I, you know, say all the time. Right, right. it's not the end of the world all the time. It's right. not or the universe. It's more personal or stuff. Everything, yeah. you know, it's like or interpersonal. Wolverine stuff. and Jubilee hanging out in the mansion right. and and right. having actual problems and right. that are not necessarily that they're about to be attacked. Right. Like, like the right. only thing that anyone ever talks about is they're about to be attacked. Exactly. I mean, it's the best, the best part of the X-Men and I'm, I'm a huge X-Men fan that isn't by proxy there because I just love Wolverine. Like I know people that are like, Oh, I love X-Men and Wolverine's so great. And I'm like, right. Name four, give me four others that <laughs> right. aren't in the movies. And they're like, I don't know. Dreadnought yeah. man. You know, like that. So I, I'm with you. Some of the best things that have happened in the stories have always been interpersonal or just this idea that you're empowered in this amazing way, but you've got this real issue. Right. And it's really like oppressive. And overall, the best parts of the X-Men originally for me when I was reading them all the time was that it was a great metaphor. It was a great metaphor for maturation. Right. Because the mutant ability comes on when you're, you know, when you're maturing. It's a great metaphor for xenophobia because in the comics, 
mutants were always a stand place for whether it was homophobia, xenophobia, whether anything, the other. And it was really, really great when you saw somebody have like a five or six page fight scene, but it was most best when you had somebody stand up and just have a bunch of word balloons and say, wait a minute, you feel this way, but let's look at that. Right. And you think like, okay, what do I want to see a bunch of talking for in a comic book? But it was the best part because it was written well. Chris Claremont wrote his ass off for a long time, coming up with characters that were really thoughtful, layered, nuanced, to get to this point where this film doesn't display any of that no. at all. And, and it that's was, the biggest It was really great, too. Um, so exactly what's missing from this movie because uh, you had mutants who had like one weird power, right? Some of them, yeah. You know, it, it wasn't just like a big room full of Superman, right? Over and over, over it was yeah. like you know, you might be the guy where your superpower means nothing to the problem we're having right now, right. and we have to do something yeah. about that. Yeah. Anyway, um, but in this one, uh, so like Jean Grey starts losing it. Mm-hmm. She's got like the Phoenix power or whatever mm-hmm. and uh and, and really bad things happen it happen and basically she's got uh you know it, it's almost like an after school special for like losing your temper right or, or like, like needing anger management class or something like yeah. she loses it then really bad things happen and then she's sad about it and then she runs away and then she tries to find someone to fix it and you right. know who knows uh what she's going to be able to do but uh, you didn't actually give us a number yet. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, where you were four coming to three, I'm at two, and I'm probably really at one. But I feel like there isn't enough. There isn't enough really incredibly awful negative stuff. The the idea that well, the idea that there's so much here to play with. And it's based on one of the best-selling comic book arcs ever. You know, right. I think it is so weirdly mismanaged the more you know about the film. And it just drives me nuts. This, the director, the writer, he had two cracks at this. You know, he's the one that wrote The Last Stand, which was the first try at the Dark Phoenix story. And it just sucked. It was, it was better than this, you right. know. But it was still just, it didn't seem to understand what was really happening with the character and the stories. It's too bad that they came around to making this film the way that they did when it was probably too late for them to have seen the way they should have done it. <clears throat> Something like the way that the MCU did with installments of films over time addressing a bigger story that they were eventually going to hit. Right. Instead of trying to encapsulate all the stuff that really made the story work when it was in a comic book into a two hour or less movie, that's just, that's almost impossible, but not so much so that I never thought it couldn't be done, but you put it in the hands of someone like this who just doesn't get it and you give them two or three cracks at it. I was thinking, I was thinking actually on the way over, like when's the last time I remember somebody doing that and bettering it and i i can only come up with one guy i mean it's strange i can only think of joss whedon with buffy the vampire slayer you know he had the film and it wasn't it was exactly the film he wanted but it wasn't well received and somebody somewhere went you know he's got an idea and it's going to be different right i I would have thought every studio guy would have been like no i saw that movie there's no different it sucks and still it became you know the juggernaut that it was for this, uh, my problems are all over the place. It's not really with the casting because I've seen the cast do well in other iterations. 
But everybody in this film is so warm water. They're not motivated by anything. They all seem bored. They yeah. all seem acting contractually instead right. of right. really giving moments. There are a couple things that stand out because like you, the only reason I'm not at one, I feel, is, and it's not all a disappointment because I didn't get the story that I grew up on. I don't care about that. It's it's mostly the delivery of every system designed to make something that should have been thrilling and exciting and fun, or at least, if it isn't any of those things, like something really bad like X-Men Apocalypse, which was a mash of a film. I hated right, that right. movie. But there were things in it that were really outstanding, and there were action scenes and moments of character. Here, the only stuff that I found that I liked were almost these disposable in-between moments that were really throwaway stuff, except when those moments were designed to be something bigger than they are. Right. There's a moment there that is actually kind of interesting, not because they finally show Dazzler in a movie, but because apparently, you know, Xavier's school is having a keg party and it's okay right. with all the adults. <laughs> right. And the adults are drinking with all the kids. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, no one's really doing a keg stand, but it's quite clear that the punch is spiked. You know, and that everybody's kind right. of okay with this. And I'm watching this and I'm like, this this guy, Simon, is is the writer and the director. He's trying to capture what was so effective in some of the other films, like X2, where Wolverine comes down and Iceman's in the kitchen. He's going to have a beer with him for a minute. And they have like this moment. No power. Well, there's a power. But there's like no thing going on. They're just talking to each other. And it's great. Nothing ever comes close to that here but they, they don't actually do anything with they it don't, here. Nobody actually has any conversation. So even, or even swaying from those moments where there are disposable stuff that just kind of show what life might like might be like there with them, not only is in the mansion, but just with them, you get to these other moments that are supposed to have such emotional weight and gravity from 20 years, 12 films, and I see the characters just kind of like, yeah, can you pass the salt? You know, yeah. and, and it doesn't ever and feel important they're all to kind them. of... Uh, <clears throat> they're all like the whatever plot thing needs to happen right now. Yeah. It it's just so uh, it's like pedestrian yeah. in its delivery. It's <clears throat> right. just like, well, this is what has to happen fine here. Even even more than that, if I just said, look, I'm going to show you three films and you tell me what's similar about them and I drop down The Last Stand, Dark Phoenix and that Fantastic 4 remake, which are all three done by the same guy. He's ripping himself off left and right. There's a space problem with solar flares. He loves certain things and he loves putting them in, even though they clearly aren't working. And nobody seems to be looking at this in a like editorial or a judicious kind of way. I'm I'm so happy that what we got as what I think of is the last X-Men movie was Logan. Yeah. Logan, when we watched Logan and we and you see the first few minutes and it's not just because it's rated R and he can swear and there's visceral action everywhere. Logan sat down and just went like, look, really think if this is what happens, what would it be like? And don't deviate now. Go outside the lines. Like right. it took chances. This thing doesn't take any chances. It doesn't even come close to coloring like to the edge. It's just always in the center in this safe little space. And what it does is it makes ultimately what is supposed to have been always the most affecting and mature story that all these characters ever had to go through. It's so boring. Yeah. And and like what you said when you started, I can't believe I'm sitting here watching an X-Men movie that's boring, even though I would have believed sitting there and watching one that was bad, because I've done that. Right. 
bad isn't always boring. Bad's just bad. But in this, ripping one trope off after another for all the superhero films, not only just their films, it, it, like, okay, to say all that, to say if he had decided to take, even though it's been done this year with Captain Marvel more or less, to take an examination of what men do to women in oppressing or safeguarding or limiting their emotionalness. Right. Okay, you're, you're probably going to raise a few ired eyebrows, but that might be interesting because there's consequences there. Here, I get a screaming match over a kitchen table that felt forced and unnatural. It was one of the worst scenes well, of the film. Yeah, and they and they don't even do it. And they the, don't even do the, it. Right. They don't even it, they, they don't, don't even actually talk about what they're talking about. Right. And the horrible thing here for from like a writing standpoint of finding out discovering what happened to Jean Grey from a variety of perspectives right. of her young life. Yeah. And yet the story doesn't actually have like the subtext it's yeah. it's just saying the subtext right it does, it's, right it's not even like we can take what happened to her as being representative of yeah, right. what happens to women in general because it just starts saying this is what happens it, right. to women in general Eventually you're gonna get this and it's way like, what right. it, it's uh it's so it's so weirdly interested in explaining what it's doing to you mm-hmm. you know <laughs> It's like uh, it's like the exact opposite of a magic trick or something. It's like, <laughs> well, you, you get in there and then you you. It would have been a better story if it hadn't been complicated by other stuff. Like I get that at some point because the original story had these aliens and now you got to have Jessica Chastain be another alien that is different. I mean, different than all the other aliens. They're all the same. They're all different. Right. Like that whole thing is just a weirdly bizarre distraction that. I can kind of see where they reshot things. It almost has a break in the movie like World War Z did when you knew that they had to reshoot stuff. And when you're watching that film, even to this day, you can look and go, that's when they started. That's the moment. This film, when they start doing those things, it's clear, but she's woven throughout the whole thing and she's bland and just kind of like, yeah. And she's she's doing that. Been anyone. She's doing what I think of now is that Matthew McConaughey, um, Randall flag thing where didn't read any source material, right. just knows she's omnipotent, om, omnipowerful in every direction, right. and she just wants something. So now walk menacingly, stare and look at things. That's I, I don't know what the hell that's for. It right. doesn't do anything. Well, and the, the movie and the movie doesn't give anything about it anyway to yeah. do anything else with. It's not right. like uh, right. it's not like there is anything yeah. else for her to do. But I thought it was weird when she sh- when she shows up mm-hmm. at the very beginning. You're like, oh, well, so maybe okay. there will the, be something interesting coming out of this because yeah. why get her? You mm-hmm. could have got anyone right. to do everything that she did in this movie. Yeah, and it might have been more interesting even because it it's a it's a weird twist on acting in a scene when somebody might have messed that up and it might have been more interesting and it might have been better right, <laughs> somebody right. might have not somebody might have not done be as boring as you can mm-hmm. <laughs> as well yeah. as she did it we've seen, <laughs> and then maybe it would be more we've interesting. seen Xavier stop a room full of people like I mean hundreds of people before and freeze them so everyone can talk secretly i don't why you don't just use telepathy but okay we get it you can do amazingly godlike things it was awesome to see the setup of what it started to pay homage to in the comic which is gene gray obsessed with 
I guess, emotion, celestial emotion and anger over the way that she'd been manipulated by Xavier, they have like a big mind fight. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's not about like pyrotechnics and mind magic or anything. It's really just about a father and a daughter screaming at each other saying, you can't control me. And he's like, you need to be controlled. Like there's an incredible amount of stuff to be mined there. And they, and they, and they, don't and they didn't see do it. anything. With they don't, it. It's not that they don't even care. Like they just don't see it. They're like, well, we've got to have, remember that time when we had all the X-Men show up at like Iceman's house and things flew around, Well, we got to have another house fight. You know, we got to have a fight on a train because they just did that in the Avengers. And it just over and over and over again, all this stuff, it lacked any semblance of originality of thoughtfulness of like dissection and the thing is, is every single, most every single one of these characters now have such weird interwoven relationships through what you were saying earlier, all kinds of different timelines. Like, I feel like the only person in the film who's genuinely trying to be in the film still was Fassbender when he's like kind of having fun still playing Magneto and doing all these things. Right. But I guess, I guess I also thought McAvoy was doing really good, especially when he had to sit across the table from Nicholas Holt in that coming to Jesus moment and I thought Nicholas Holt is giving the worst takes probably they use the worst stuff of him or he's incapable of doing this and I've seen him be good but McAvoy is actually doing a really good job here but then I just got reminded like this still isn't even good enough to be three like I'm still right. pissed off right and I think I think McAvoy did a pretty good job I thought there were times where he really seemed like he was phoning it in he were in, in weird scenes and it was almost like there were the, there were uh, there are several scenes in the movie where it should be an interesting scene yeah it's <laughs> written poorly and mm -hmm. it's written basically to ignore what should be interesting about it yeah and then he just kind of goes fine okay I'll and, and like this is what he does right i think the person who was actually uh doing a pretty good job in this movie was uh jennifer lawrence i thought raven was pretty good yeah they were raven is unfortunately like uh just walking around being highlighted all the time. Yeah. Like she's just, uh, you, you know, you like walk around with the script that just has like eight underlines under right. everything she right. says. I just hit her really hard. Yeah, like right. make it really about her. Yeah. But I still thought she was doing pretty good in a lot of the stuff. Yeah. She's actually got, she's the only person who seems like they actually have any emotions. It's like everybody else is like part Vulcan. In this I saw, movie. I saw a couple scenes where she did it. I saw, I saw a couple where I could tell she was just like, another day of eight hour makeup. I am so right. glad I got only four more of these left. Like I, I get it. There were a couple scenes. I definitely remember where I thought she's carrying the film. Right. And then right. there were others where I was like, eh, she's just really, she's really not into this. Yeah. And, and I don't think that's a lack of professionalism. I just think she read the script. She knows how sucky it is. She can't wait to be done. Like right. I don't blame her for that. I don't fault her for that. And I think the movie has like, it's, you know, there's kind of like a microcosmy moment of this movie when uh, they they actually go to attack like this building or yeah. whatever and they're having this fight outside and it's like the goofiest fight. It mm -hmm. looks like uh, it looks like they filmed this fight first yeah. when they were going to make it into a TV show for the CW. Right. Right. <laughs> and then they went, ah, let's do let's a whole movie. A little. Yeah, just right. make it a whole movie. Yeah. And they just still had that and left it the way it was. It yeah. it looks so bonkers goofy and there's there's nothing in all the other x-men movies mm -hmm. um 
And some of them I really hate, like Apocalypse, like you. It's awful. I really I hate so that bad. movie. Yeah. But some of them I like fair, yeah. fairly well, right? Yeah. <clears throat> but in all of them, they had at least something where some kind of action happened, mm-hmm. you know, that you're not totally bored. In everything that happens in this movie is, you know, like if the movie stopped and you just went, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> and it the, was just like, well, right. yep, you're right. Dude, Although, you know, notes for the next movie yeah. and other things you said, because we didn't think of that. We didn't do but. that. This is that kind of film that even though I can relish really bad films, and sometimes I strangely like watching a really bad film, even if it's just like we're watching Resident Evil 11 or whatever is really <laughs> awful. It's one of those things where if, you know, it's a two hour film, an hour and 53 minutes. If 50 minutes in, the reel broke and the lights came on and they said, look, we apologize. We're going to wind it back about five minutes. So you don't forget. It's going to take us about 10 minutes. I, I might have left because <laughs> there was nothing engaging and I could already tell like, okay, I'm here, kind of comfortable, whatever. There's still some soda left, but there's nothing here. There's no gravity to this film that is even... It's not that I'm above it or looking down on it. It's not even trying to get me. Right. You know, it's just, it's really not. And the the funny thing is, so all that stuff aside from taking a swipe at the guy, Simon Kinberg, he actually did write and and do a pretty good job. He's the only writer listed for X-Men First Class, which I thought was yeah. actually strangely fun, interesting take on a different version. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of weird to see him boggle the other three entries with things. Uh, I'm throwing Fantastic Four in there too, because that was a train wreck. I, I, I like I like very little about what he can do to anything. And I'm just kind of stunned that he was given another chance when nothing remotely seemed promising right. in any of his other efforts. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And uh, the other really weird yeah. thing about this one is uh, when you ha- whenever you have, uh, especially once you get probably past halfway point in this movie, whenever you have any kind of, uh, interaction that is just two people uh and it's as i'm talking about it it's surprising how often this actually happens with this Mm -hmm. movie but basically you put you get two characters have them start walking towards each other and then they're gonna talk yeah right right every time that happens it's like you might as well turn it off right turn the volume off right it's (laughs) like uh when we watch book smart yeah. And and they have that fight and then after a certain point we don't have to listen to them anymore cuz it doesn't matter what right. they're saying. It's right. like you get the idea that they're having this fight. We don't need the specific words. Right. Whether you like that decision or not or whatever right. that's, you know, that's what we're doing by doing that. Yeah. They could have done that every time in this movie and wouldn't yeah. have made any difference. It doesn't matter what they say to each other and neither one of them seem to care. Right. The, 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 There's no investment. Like, Look, I'm mad at you. Every, like they could just they could just <laughs> like walk right. up and go Every, every scene, every scene in a well-written story should be about the characters in there getting what they want, even if it's not the hero. Like you should be like, my goal here is to get this, either tell you take this or or share this. Right. And and they're just eating up lifetime. And, and they, like they're not and, doing. And anything. they have, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if it even counts as spoiling, but I don't want to spoil yeah. things. But at a certain point, Magneto gets pissed off, right? right. And now he's uh, going to go and kill people right right because we we roll up on magneto as Mm -hmm. he's living on a commune 
for mutants on a little island and he's, you know, I don't know, he's gone native or whatever's right. happening, right? right? He's he's fine with the commune and being alive. And he's, you know, he's calm Magneto now. Right, right. <laughs> and, we, and we have a whole speech about uh, you used to kill people and now you don't. Right. How did that happen? Well, that happened because, um, I don't know, what's the least meaningful thing I could say yeah, right now? Right. Yeah. It's, it's a completely stupid conversation. But then he gets, then he gets pissed again, yeah. right? He's and, easily and mad. And he gets pissed, yeah. and it's like he just flips a switch. Right. I don't know. I'm supposed to be mad now. Right. It's like if you filmed these six or seven weeks apart and forgot what was going on <laughs> yeah, in, where was in anything again? else, right? Yeah. He walks in and he's like on the commune. They're like, what's happening now? And he's like, oh, you're totally peaceful, dude. So, right, right. you know, impart some zen yeah. on her when she comes in. Yeah. And then he goes to the next thing and he's like, okay, what am I doing now? Oh, you're just going to kill everyone. Right. All right. Okay. It's just right. like there's no, yeah. there's no, uh, <laughs> there's no excuse for anything that happens that's supposed to mm-hmm. make any sense. And like I, you know, frequently say, I don't know why the dude's doing comic book movies all the time because- right. It feels like a movie by someone who doesn't like comic books yeah. or thinks that people who do like them are stupid. Yeah. Because what happens in comic books is like you turn the page and now he's crazy. Right. There's no reason he got crazy. We right. don't have like any <laughs> process from A to B or yeah. whatever. You know, character development is you turn the page and somebody says boo and now, you know, mm-hmm. now you're a serial killer or yeah. who knows what, right? But there's nothing even like uh, the weird thing, one of the weird things to kick off this movie yeah. is when they get up in space to the space shuttle, right? Right. It's uh, there's a there's a weird air to that whole entry. I thought mm-hmm. when they get in space and we're, we have to save these astronauts, there's a weird kind of anti interest in the whole thing that's going on in front of you. Mm-hmm. It's like watching the movie. It's like watching a movie and having some like little kid go, well, I mean, they're the good guys. They're going to win. Right. Right. And so, well, that's how we'll film it then. It sure. it, we don't have to have any right. interest in this going on because we all know they're going to be fine right. or whatever. So, so that's how we'll show it. It's like yeah, that's the opposite point. of trying to have any tension about it. It's right. just like th- this happened. Yeah. And, and the film is absolutely devoid of, ten- of tension attention too but tension that that's a good point like it's so safe like vanilla like presented in a way that uh, maybe that's one of the reasons it just never seemed engaging because it doesn't ever really change that like even when later you're about to see someone that you're supposed to really have and probably you did care about maybe die maybe not die (laughs) you know you're like "Eh." right they don't don't seem very interested so i guess i think it'll be okay like they've got some ex Right, and no, nobody else. Nobody else is. Nobody else is really either. worried. Yeah, there's there's something you make, you reminded me of it. I, you might disagree with this too, but it's just because I'm more or less beholden to the comic book version of Nightcrawler, but also the one that uh, Alan Cummings kind of created too. You know, there's this moment in the in the film, and uh, this doesn't really spoil anything. There's this big train scene, and everyone's really life or death fighting each other. Right, and Nightcrawler finally gets to kill someone, and I'm like, you wouldn't have done that. Right. <laughs> he would not have done that. If And if he had done that, there would have been a lot of exposition about the angst. Yeah. And there's like that. I, and I, when I watched that, when I'm watching that, I'm like, right. He doesn't care about these characters because he doesn't know these characters. Right. And in fact, that character would have done everything they could have done to basically do what they're trying to do with Gene, which is to 
save her, but not hurt her. Right. Like, it's not that you're always, as a good guy, you're always just going to try to put someone down without really putting them down. That's what Wolverine is for. He puts you down, he kills you. Like, that's the whole point. But there was never an attempt. He just saw a moment. He's like, ah, take your heart out. Like, right, I'll cut right. you to death. Right. There's, there's, and I just uh, was like, you don't even know who you're dealing with anymore. Like that might've been from Magneto. And you're like, no, nope, make Nightcrawler do that. We got to have him in there. I'm right. Like, there's uh that doesn't make any sense. There, there, there is this whole thing in this movie of kind of taking the shortcut version of everything that everything. happens. Yeah. And that just winds up being another, you know, the, another piece on the pile He's or something great. it's um because you've it's kind of like somebody somebody involved in this is going look nightcrawler has a whole thing right it, it, it feels like at some point in filming right. right somebody said nightcrawler has the whole thing he's not going to kill people right? right and nobody knew that right i didn't know that's what oh, we were really doing. okay sure? well so then he looks demonic Let's fix that. Yeah, right. right? Like right. let's let's change. I'll I'll mess with these characters He's, and do what I want. Right, right, right. I'll leave my mark, and that's by like changing everything you know. I that's nothing against the character uh, or the actor portraying him, or even I never get I never gotten tired since the opening scenes of X two where you see Nightcrawler getting into the president's right. office. Right. I never have gotten tired of his teleportation. They they have amongst everything that they've done wrong. They've gotten that right and shown it right every single time. It's exactly how I imagine it. And it's so right. cool to see it, every single time he bamps one place to another. I'm like, oh, look at the smoke. <laughs> look at it. It's great. Yeah. Like, it's so much fun. So, I, but again, if I'm stretching to be like, I like that, right. like, I'm in a lot of trouble. Yeah. The, the, movie, the movie was really And it was, uh, it was also, um, you know, they have, uh, what's his name? Um, you know, super speedy guy. Yeah, Quicksilver. <laughs> And it's such a waste. It is a waste, right? especially when he showed the, to be like a real gem in the other films that Simon had done. Like right. the only the only thing he does is put a bunch of duct tape on Nightcrawler <laughs> really fast. Right. Yeah. And he has like the one scene where he tries to run at Jean Grey right. really fast, and that doesn't work. Yep. And then it's like he's in the hospital wing for the rest right, of the movie, that's it. and we yeah. and we don't even like check up on him. No, like, no. <laughs> we don't. No. He gets hurt really bad, mm-hmm. and and we just leave him. Like yeah. we never see him again. But there's something about you know it's like too expensive a thing mm-hmm. somehow to show him doing stuff. Right. I don't know why or whatever. Yeah. But it. But we never make any use of them. And one of the things that I really hate about, um, if there's kind of an overarching thing I can't stand about the X-Men movies, mm-hmm. whether or not it becomes a huge problem or it's or it doesn't matter and you can just blow it off, but it's a problem for me in all the X-Men movies, and that is that they create all these problems for the X-Men to have and then stick all the X-Men there and they don't really think, what would he do right now? Right. They just think... What do what effect do I want to show right now? Right. What do yeah. I want to have Magneto we, lift up over his head or yeah. whatever? Yeah. Like this this whole thing. But you have all these people, they gotta all just go do stuff mm-hmm. and try to figure out what's happening or try mm-hmm. to, you know, overcome and yep. and the beginning part of, you know, storm, close those windows, like that ain't cutting it. <laughs> that's it's not it. Th- yeah. that's not the thing. Yeah. <clears throat> and when you have when you have Quicksilver, either either leave him out of the movie altogether, right, right, or 
you got like this guy could be doing 50 things by right. the time you even thought of something for somebody right. else to do. Like uh, Magneto is like crushing something. He's already on like his third breakfast right. after <laughs> yeah, solving right. the problem by the time <laughs> his, you thought of doing that. His genie in a bottle scene was one of the best things that they've done in, in those films anyway, because it was just fun and they had playfulness with it and it showed character. It did all these fun things. As soon as they started seeing, as soon as they started showing him running up the debris, and I'm like, why does this look exactly like Batman versus Superman when Flash is running? <laughs> right, and Superman right. sees him and just like stops him. And I'm like, right, because this film doesn't show any originality in any corner or any choice. Like it just, I think, I think, I think Quicksilver in in other movies in this movie just like exposes the weakness mm-hmm. of a person who can't actually deal with these characters and doesn't really even have any effort in dealing with the comic books. If you, if you're not going to make it, don't make it. But he starts running up the thing and then, you know, he's too powerful and we don't know how to deal with him. Yeah. And we can't do anything about it. So it's like, um, I don't know, magic. She, she sees you (laughs) and she magic you away. It doesn't mean anything. We've we've taken her, and she's supposed to be super crazy powerful. But we've right. basically taken her to. I don't want the movie to be over yet. Right. <laughs> I'm just going to drag so this. Out. I'm just yeah. magical. Uh, this I, is another way that I'm magical. Instead of all those stupid missteps, I just wanted them at one point. You know, with Raven, especially in her challenging Xavier outwardly, you know, and brazenly, instead of subtly anymore. Like just to simply say, how come you can put mental blocks on this girl, but you can't just change the president's mind? Right. Like it, there's there's so many things there that are picked up and discarded without any attention to what they really would mean if people had these abilities or people had this intellect to just discard it is actually like when you're telling me you're watching a film and it's calling me stupid. This is that experience I'm having. So I'm like, you don't have to think of everything I would think of, but you got to think of everything that you would think of. But you got to think you're that of genius, you gotta, you, Somebody has to say, why haven't you ever done this? And then whether your reaction or your answer is good or bad, at least you've picked it up and addressed it, right. you know, and moved on from it. I, I don't know. This was, this was, I, I saw this, I guess the last thing, cause we're getting pretty close, I guess. Yeah. I, I can't imagine any more hateful stuff I could say about it really no. that was thoughtful and not just emotional. But I saw a couple people in their reviews of it, once I knew what I wanted to say about it, I looked at a few and it's been taken a beating here and there, deservedly so. Some of the people said stuff like, uh, this is proof that the X-Men are tired, that there's no more life left in this thing. I couldn't disagree more with that, especially when the same reviewers likely said just the opposite of everything when Logan came out. Right. What you need is you need to understand that it's not about a special effect or a solar flare, that it's about a dynamic between people that you care about, which is one of the reasons why the MCU was so effective. People were worried when Iron Man and Captain America were fighting because they liked those characters and they believed in them and they thought they had a familial rapport and now they're coming apart. Like there are consequences, no consequences to any of this. Right. Get a good writer, you get okay special effects and you tell a good story and you've got Logan all over again that I, I totally disagree that this is a dead thing. I just think that it's dead in the hands of someone who cannot revive it after four attempts. Yeah, no, they're going to have that's, to, that's they're going really to, ha- they're going to have to move to rebooting completely. Yeah. Uh, all right. So don't go see that one. Nah, skip and that. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, something great. Men the dead black, don't die. The dead don't die. Uh, hopefully both. But yeah, uh, probably. And what was it? What was the? Uh, all right, late night. Late Who night, knows? Yeah. Any number of those. So yeah. All right. Thanks cool. for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Yeah.
Hey listeners, on behalf of myself and Shane Leonard, we want to thank you for tuning in once again. The Are You Screening podcast is brought to you by areyouscreening.com and a lot of wonderful people who help us out. Surf over to areyouscreening.podbean.com or areyouscreening.com to find out how you can become one of them. All music used in our podcast is courtesy Andrew Lord. Once again, please, please, please subscribe, rate us on iTunes, review us on iTunes, and otherwise trick your friends into listening to us. Good night.